Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back. Well, here on Morning Footy, we're always keeping tabs on Americans abroad, and Emmanuel Sabi has been getting some attention in France, featuring for Ligue 1 side Le Havre, who he joined permanently this summer from the Danish Super League, and we are absolutely delighted to welcome him into the show now. Emmanuel, hello, how are you? I'm good, I'm good, and you? Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. So, uh, first question, how are you finding France? What uh, has this transition been like for you? Uh, it's been a good transition for me. Um, I've been lucky enough to have a club that believes in me and players around me that believes in me. And it's all been fantastic for me. A uh, good feeling to be here and uh, settling, settling nice. So, Listen, Emmanuel, the dream of any kid is to play in the biggest matchups ever. Le Havre has a big game against PSG at the weekend. I, I, I imagine that at one point you were playing FIFA with PSG, with Kylian Mbappe, the greatest names in, in, in football right now in the world. What's it been like the warming up to facing such a giant in France? Um, it's been exciting, obviously. Uh, you always hope to play the best. And yeah, as you said, uh, played FIFA with players like him and it's just, um, you know, very humbling and very blessed to be in this position. Um, and yeah, it just day by day to go through training and um, go through the tactics and just to get ready for the game is very big for me. Speaking of playing on FIFA, and I saw you hit the gritty at one point. Do you envision what you're going to celebrate after you score a goal? <laughs> Yeah, I envision, but sometimes it takes detour because, you know, you're too excited, too happy. Uh, but um, just helping the team is one key for me, and um, I hope to do that if, when I get my chance uh, this weekend. Emmanuel, I just want you to know that low here at the desk is the, the Selly queen in NWSL. So if you ever need any tips for some celebration ideas, uh, she's your go-to gal. She's, she's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I've seen twerking. Yeah. Yo, you're more than welcome to do the twerk whenever you want. But the one I want to <laughs> do that you do, you have that round off to backflip. That is so impressive. When did you learn to do that? Um, a while ago when I was growing up, uh, Nani was the first one I saw do it and I just did it in my bed a few times and then I just did it on the pitch one time, but it didn't really go as well as I thought in my head, but then, yeah. <laughs> it never does. It never does. <laughs> it seems like such a good idea at the time. Uh, well, you talked about playing for a, a club that believes in you. So for you, Emmanuel, how do you think your game has improved uh, since your time uh, in France, transitioning from the Danish League to Ligue 1? Um, obviously... The style of play is um, faster, the speed of play, 
um just getting used to new guys around me uh it's been very welcoming here and they've helped me the staff has helped me the players have helped me and uh yeah i just see myself as a family member here and i continue to work um daily in training and yeah hopefully it shows on the pitch more all right i want to know a little bit more about emmanuel the person you were born in italy to ghanaian parents grew up in the u.s you're kind of checking all the Eunice Musa boxes. You're missing England somewhere. Don't tell me we got like an like an English <laughs> grandmother or something, and then you guys have got the same four nationalities. Emmanuel, mm -hmm. how many languages do you speak? I speak two. Uh, I speak English and my native language, which is Tree in Ghana, and hopefully French soon. <laughs> um, I speak uh, Spanish a little bit here and there when I moved there, and you know, not speaking it a lot in. After I moved from Spain, you kind of get away from it, but yeah. So no Danish man? Come on, it's so easy. D Danish, you know? <laughs> Danish is probably the most difficult that I ran into. Uh, it was definitely tough trying to speak Danish and just the letters and the sounds, it just, it wasn't for me. <laughs> Emmanuel. What what are you listening to before after games? What are you on the ox? Is it all American music? Is it is it French music? Is it is it African music? Is it Afrobeat? What do we got? What do we got? What are we bumping, bro? I bump a lot of different things, honestly. Uh, I have my days of Spanish. I have my days of French rap. Um, Franklish is a top artist here. Um, I have my days of little baby Meek Mill. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. So, Central C, Dave. I have a lot of different different uh, artists that I listen to. But on a game day, usually, usually I go with my American voice. Little baby, Meek Mill. That's the top two. I love that. Emmanuel, I might be heading out there soon. Can you tell me some of the really good spots that you like to go to and eat? I feel like we have the similar music taste, so I might follow you up on the food, too. Um, we have a couple good restaurants here. I'm pescatarian, so I eat a lot of fish love and beans. Um, but there's uh, La Sandria here. Um, there's a spot that we go to for like Champions League nights and football nights, which is called Le Cozy. And um, there's a good pasta place, Al Denti, uh, where we go to Francesca here almost every training, me and a couple of guys. So. Mm, I'm feeling a morning footy trip yeah, to I know. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'm hungry. I know, I'm so hungry now. Well done. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, you got us all thinking about eating early in the morning over here. Uh, but, you know, restaurants yeah, yeah. assimilating to life is is always huge for, for any footballer. Um, and in the vein of your, of your football career, you get your first national team cap in January, um, you know, with the U.S. men's national team. What do you feel like you need to prove with the U.S. men's national team? And how do you think your time in France is going to help you do that? Um, obviously, it uh, was very, very nice for my family. Very exciting for me uh, to get that cap. Um, obviously, not the way that we all wanted it, obviously, with the two games. Um, but, you know, it was very good to look up to that and look forward to that and just my time being here working and you know 
getting the right movements in my body, the right pace, the right strength, you know, it's all it's all coming together and hopefully it can show soon enough and hopefully I can get another chance with the, the national team and um, just show what I can do, you know. Oh, well, Emmanuel, before we uh, let you go, I, I want to get a sense of, of you just as a person. Like, what does, what does your day look like when you're, you're done with training, you just want to chill? Are you watching some, some TV, listening to music? Like, what, what do you do uh, in, your, in your spare time? Do you have any hobbies? Um, it changes a lot. I used to be a show guy. I used to watch so many different shows. Honestly, I had a whole list on What's my phone. What's your favorite? Um, my favorite right now, probably Power, Oof. but I watched Designated Survivor, um, been on and off with Elite. Uh, oh, Elite's good. Elite, the Spanish one? Yeah. Elite? Yeah. Oh. Oh. I've seen like, Spicy. yeah, I've seen it only in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's many, many, many shows, but right now, as of now, I'm really into Warzone gaming. So look at that's you. Really so, taking most, most of my time. Well rounded. <laughs> How good are you in, in Warzone? I'm not I'm not the best, but you know, I have a couple friends from America that I play with that I grew up with and went to elementary school with and some guys still in um Denmark that I play with as well and um getting a couple guys here, friends hooked on it and yeah. I get on a regular BR, around eight, nine kills. That's what I've been starting at, and hopefully it gets better, and yeah. Look, I don't really know what that is, but as long as you're a better, as long as you're a better footballer than you are a gamer at Warzone, you're doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Emmanuel, um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. Best of luck this weekend against PSG and the rest of the season. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break on Morning Footy, but plenty more to come when we return. Stay with us. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Thursday footy fix. We have Europa League action at 12.45 p.m. right here on the Galazzo Network. You can watch Atalanta taking on Sporting. At 3 p.m., Marseille versus Ajax and Liverpool will take on last. You can watch those matches on Paramount+. Plus. We also have Conference League action. Aston Villa against Warsaw at 3 p.m. Again, that's on the Galazzo Network. And in Brazil, o Tricolor. O Tricolor. Tricolor. And Red Bull, uh, Bragantino taking on Fortaleza. You can watch both of those matches on Paramount+. Plus. Now we're going to send it over to Ali Trost-Martin for some more headlines. Take it away, Ali. In MLS news, newly crowned MLS Defender of the Year, Matt Miazga, has been suspended for the rest of the playoffs for, quote, his misconduct following FC Cincinnati's match against the New York Red Bulls on November 4th. Miazga reportedly entered the match official's locker room after Cincinnati's playoff win over the New York Red Bulls, which earned him a three-match suspension, an undisclosed fine, that he and he must also undergo a behavioral assessment through the league's substance abuse and behavioral health program. FC Cincinnati faces the Columbus crew in the Eastern Conference Final on Saturday. 
In other referee-related news, the organization that sets the rules for professional soccer has approved a trial for the temporary ejection of players. The International Football Association board has announced plans to experiment with sin bins. Much like penalty boxes in hockey, the proposed soccer sin bin would allow referees to temporarily punish players who commit fouls that are worse than yellow card worthy and not quite red card worthy. It remains unclear what leagues will be the first to try all these proposed sin bins, but IFAB has committed to trying them in 2024. Uh, Nico, I know you're not a big fan of this. Why? What don't you like about the sin bin? <laughs> I can't even look at the camera. <laughs> He's so upset right now. They're ruining football. They're ruining football. This is going to be called morning hockey uh, the next time when we win And I saw I saw a report. I don't know how much validity it has. I was scrolling through Twitter. And I, honestly, I'm not giving the, the sin bins too much oxygen, my, mm. my own oxygen. But I saw that MLS might be one of the first ones. Oh, no. And whoever, where, where am I looking at? Oh, no. Please, please, whoever's in charge at MLS, don't do this. Don't do this. Is, this, is, this is really screwing with the integrity of our sport, mm -hmm. of the nature of our sport. VAR has become now so invasive, and now we're doing sin bins, where it's so subjective that now this is really will be skeptical. You can have so much skepticism around how games are manipulated. Who's a ref to say, if, oh, uh -huh. yeah, that was offensive. You're out for 10 minutes, or a, or a, or a tackle. Like, how, What's the difference between a red card and an orange card? A sinbin is what the difference nah. is, I guess. Look, from a player's perspective, though, what do you make of this? Because there are instances that we see where it's like, man, that was a really harsh red card. This would be a better alternative to playing down a player for the entirety of a match, although we don't know exactly how much time that would be. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> As a player, I mean, I don't, I don't foul a lot. I usually get fouled the most, so maybe – you know, get them out for a little, punish them. But I, I don't agree with it at all because you, the player that is out, you can talk about this as well, is that you cannot take a break. Soccer is a game where you have to continue to play. You can't take time off. That risks injury when you're not running around constantly. Like, look at the players who have to warm up forever. Coming on as a sub is one of the hardest things. So when you take a player who is in the moment and then bring them out, you risk injury. And I think... Let's keep the old games, Let's or the old rules, you know. If it's a foul, it's a foul. If it's a red, you're out, and your team has to deal with it. But having a player in a sin bin, absolutely not. That I don't agree with that at all. We're going to pull up some exercise bikes in the, in the sin bins? Like, what? for what reason? What, what's the point? Why, why are you doing this? You get a yellow card for a bad foul. You do that twice. You got the game. An egregious foul that dangers the safety of a player, whatever it is, red card, you're out. That's simple. This is our this is our sport. And to your point, Nico, you're now getting well across VAR. VAR, the intent for VAR was put into the game for, for, for good reason. Right. We saw a glaring the, issue with football where IFAB decided, okay, let's trial this VAR because Technology will bring good to football because there's a lot of moments missed by, by referees, and this will help Correct. referees. So the, so the intent for bringing in VAR was good. What is, what is this for? This, for me, feels like it is solely appeasing 
fans that quite don't understand the game that well. To make it more fun? Why? To make it like, like uh, Piquet's Kings League? If you want to watch players get binned for a second mm -hmm. and come back like hockey, there's, there's, a, there's a football that has that, that is widely popular on Twitch. Go watch that. And I don't blame you for it, where there's cards that the, that the managers can pull and suddenly it's 5v3 or immediate penalty kick and it's fun and it's dynamic and they have an amazing product there. Keep that there. Mm. We have a football that we've loved for 100-something years where the rules have been most likely the same over the, that entire time. They've the progressed. spirit of the game. Yeah. They've evolved and progressed, but this is... This is cha deliberately changing the dynamic of the sport. And then when, if you get into this, the way that the sport is going to be played will completely change. Because now you're going to get into situations where you're going to be doing set plays. You're, no, no, no. No, don't, do not do this. Don't. <laughs> Do not. It's unanimous. And to uh, whose discretion? Because the referees, the referees have been so great with their discretion lately. Right now, we're going to give them more power to change yeah. the game to their will. Yeah. Lovely. Congratulations, IFAB. <laughs> Jeez. No, I'm getting. We haven't even addressed any of the handballs that it's we saw yesterday days, in the box. No, I'm, 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 don't worry. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared for football, to be honest. Hit I really the, am. Hit the mate. The chill, chill, bro. Yes, it's, yes. It's all, it's Find all good. your happy place. Happy place. I can't. I'm sorry. Guess what? We're going to check some Europa League. Okay, We're going to take great. a little break, breathe, <laughs> sip your mate. We've got some Europa League previews coming up after a quick timeout. Stay with us, everyone. Leverkusen, the talk of European football for good reason. Boniface! What a shot to file under Rocket. Brilliantly struck. What a finish by Masopust. It's game over now for Roma. Slavia double their advantage. This place is all about the violence. Swazo in, Kelleher gets a touch. Here's a chance, it is 3-1. Jurgen Klopp will be furious, but it's Toulouse who've got the points and claimed the glory. Welcome back to Morning Footy. I have good news, Nico has calmed down. He has centered himself and he is ready to proceed with today's show because we have a lot of Europa League to look forward to and you're hosting the Galazzo show today. Are you, are you feeling prepared for all these matches on tap? Absolutely. Oh yeah? With all my permutations, <laughs> see who goes through to the next round. I'm ready to go. You are. You're not thinking about, about Sinbins? Have you put it out? Not until there's a handball that's not a handball. There we go. There we go. All right. <laughs> well, here's a look at uh, today's Europa League matches. Um, let's start with the, the group of death, group B. Here's a look at the standings there, and there is a, a huge match today between Marseille and Ajax, a team sitting at the top and the bottom, respectively. The first match was a wild 3-3 draw. Nico, what are you expecting in this second matchup between these two teams? So I, I think the theme in this group, when we saw it originally, we were like, wow, this is a super competitive group and we expected it to be a very fun group. But mm -hmm. the thing is that all of these teams have been trending in the wrong direction. Um, Marseille is kind of having a, a mini crisis. Brighton has drop significant points since, you know, we've been pretty high on Brighton. We have a certain level that we expect from Brighton. It's their European debut. AK Athens, managed by former San Jose Earthquakes coach Matias Almeida, has mixed it up, this group, completely. And 
and, and Ajax is dead last who were in their worst crisis in club history. They've been doing pretty well. They, they've turned the ship. They have uh, to. With, with, with Jon van Schip um, as, as their manager. That's good. Um, he's, uh, they're, they're starting to get results. It's much better than it was before. They've lost some games here and there, but compared to how they did start, um, Marseille needs to get the job done. They were better than Ajax in, 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 the, in the other leg, in the first time around. Mm. Um, and now at home at the Velodrome, we might expect some spicy atmospheres because the, the Ajax ultras are, are hardcore and the Marseille ultras are, are hardcore. Um, so even though it was 3-3 in uh, match day one, Marseille needs to get going with, with Gennaro Gattuso, uh, another Italian manager, World Cup winning manager as a player in, in, in France. So. Hopefully, this is their day to shine. Here are some of the goals from the first time that these two teams competed against each other in Europa League match day one. Julio, for you, uh, when you think about this Marseille team, a guy like Obama Yang, you know, and what it feels like he hasn't, he hasn't quite lived up to expectations for them. How, how important is it for him to kind of find his form here? Yeah, huge, huge for obviously the club, but for him, I think individually, um, to be able to, to get back to, to the Aubameyang that, that we knew in the Arsenal days, you know, when you're always talking about Aubameyang. I feel like when you're, you know, talking about European football, you don't really talk about Aubameyang that mm. much this year. It's, it's, it's just not quite as convincing, not yeah. as, as dominant. Um, but, you know, this is sometimes what you see with goal scorers. They, they can have ebbs and flows to their career. Um, but if he gets hot um, for, for this Marseille side, he can be very dangerous. We all know his capabilities. Yeah, he has three goals. And I didn't realize this. Only the two of those were in that first match. He, he, he played a good game against Ajax. This was exciting. It was, it was back and forth. And and now you're facing a different Ajax. I think they f they've found themselves now have a little they? bit more. Have a little they, bit. No, com com again, I'm comparing this to their worst ever start. In yeah. In, in professional football in the Netherlands. I will say right? they have they have one loss in their last five across all competitions, but that one loss was to Brighton in Europa right. League. So it hasn't been going well for them in this particular competition. They won 5-0 at the weekend against Vitesse. They now sit eighth in the LADVC, mm -hmm. but they were towards the bottom. I don't know if they I ended up touching last. The, I think they did they at one last. point. So they have definitely turned things around. Um, they failed to win seven of their last away in in Europe. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm, I'm still not too sure about Ajax. They are better. But Marseille needs to get it done for the sake of the club, a, a great European club. They've, they're the only French team to have won Champions League. They That's have wild. experience in this competition. Not too long ago, they were in the final of this competition. Mm -hmm. So um, they, need to, they need to wrap this Who up. Who do you see as the two teams emerging from Group B? Marseille and Brighton. Lo, what do you think? I just want to disagree just to poke the bear again. I feel like Nico's been on a high today, so I love <laughs> it. But, <laughs> but no, I, I completely agree with him. So you were right. I mean, for the sake of Ajax, too, Ajax is a Champions League winning club, too. Mind you, there's mm -hmm. greatness yes. on, on both sides. This is a big European fixture. 
but Ajax has been. Yes, they have not, especially have, in this yeah, group in Europa League. They haven't been good. They haven't been the Ajax that, that we, we've known of old. I, I want to see them find a way. Yeah. I just, I grew up loving Ajax. Did you? Yes. Interesting. Yes, I did. And they just have always played amazing football. You know, when you're young and you're trying to figure out, okay, how do you tactically dismantle teams? You watch Ajax play. Um, <sighs> but they've been getting dismantled a lot recently. So, <laughs> it's I don't not know. been good. It's not, you know what they say, though? So you hit rock bottom. The only, the only way is up. That's what they say. Well, in this, we'll see. it's out. So. Uh, it's out. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that match Marseille against Ajax in Group B, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. All right, guys, we are going to take a break. Jaleel. One of your former teammates Let's go. is joining Let's us go. on the other side. We Let's chat go. with Darlington Nagby of the Columbus Crew. That's coming up. Give it away by Robinson. This is Nagby. This time fires and scores, Darlington Nagby. Decisive game three here in a big time spot. This Columbus Crew side, once coached by Caleb Porter, is on its way to the conference semifinals. They're going to Disney World. MLS Cup playoffs continue this weekend, and the Eastern Conference Final is gifting us another edition of the Hell is Real Derby between FC Cincinnati and the Columbus Crew. That match Saturday at 6 p.m. on Apple TV+. And we are absolutely thrilled right now to welcome in a crucial piece of the crew's success, three-time MLS Cup champion, the one and only Darlington Nagby. Darlington, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for having me. Um, all right, so I know you can see that you have one of your former teammates sitting at this desk right now in Julio Anibaba. You were already giving him some shtick for his, his, pink, his pink jacket. Um, <laughs> what, can you, what can you tell us about what Jaleel is like as a teammate? Uh, hey, one, of the, one of the best teammates I've ever had. Uh, great person, great player. You know, someone I respected. Uh, we came in the same year into the league, so I'm honored. I got a chance to play with him for a whole year. And got to know him and uh, one of my good friends. Aww. Did you Lovely. just leave to text him? Is that why you were gone? He <laughs> <laughs> dropped all these good about things me. about me. <laughs> no, nah, the soul brothers stay together. Stay together. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all it's it's always been love between me and Nags from from our college days, trying to get it, and then you know, coming into MLS together. Um, it's just been amazing to be able to to grow our our lives together, but but it's all about you, man. It's all about you. We want to know how the team is feeling, how you're feeling going into this, this big matchup. And there couldn't be any better fixture than for it to be hell is real. Yeah, personally, I feel good. I feel good, excited for the game. And the team as a whole, you know, everyone feels good. We're excited uh, to go away and get a big win in Orlando. And then now we got to go away again in Cincinnati against our rivals. So we're looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, it should be a good game. Hopefully it turns out in our favor. Julio, how much faith do you have in this guy at the weekend? All, all the faith in the world. It, you know, the, th the thing about Darlington that's amazing is that he's able to do what very few players have ever done in this league, is that winning the MLS Cup with three different clubs, now you're in a position to potentially do it for the fourth time. You know, so I have all, I have all the faith in the world, but these fixtures – are gonna there you never know how it's gonna play out you never know how it's gonna play out Truth. from a fan perspective from a broadcast analyst perspective 
This is going to be some exciting stuff for us. Couldn't get better. Hell is real, huh? Talk to me, Darlington, a little bit about that. No, it's huge. Obviously, uh, especially the past couple of years with how Cincy has been doing, uh, you know, and that's winning a couple, a couple of years ago. So I think now you get a matchup, not just two good teams, but the fan bases as well included and two teams that had a good season. So uh, looking forward to it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good players on, on both ends of the field. Uh, yeah, should be a good game. Darlington, I am a huge fan of you and your career. As a player as well, I just want to know what your secret is. Everywhere you seem to go, your team seems to win. Is it you? Is it the coach? What is your secret, please? I want to win a title, so I need to know. Uh, I would just say, a couple people always ask me that. Uh, I would just say good teams, good coaching, you know, good organizations, you know, and I just go in there and I just try to play my part and play my role. Definitely, uh, I think you look at all the teams I've been on that have won in the past, uh, the talent's been there on the roster and the coaching has been there. So a uh, complete group effort. Just happened to be a part of those teams. And Dak, Nags, when you talk about, you know, good coaching, you're, you mm -hmm. have to mention Wilfred Nancy and what he's been able to do for, for the club and the organization and, and just individual players as well to be able to weave all of that into the collective. What about him specifically has allowed him to, to be able to get the most out of every single player individually and then you guys as a team collectively? The biggest thing with him, you know, is his uh, attention to detail. And that thing, giving the guys confidence to go out there and express themselves, you know, not be afraid to make mistakes, play your game, you're here for a reason. And, you know, I think when you have a coach like that, it just, you know, you see the character of the group kind of comes to the front. And I think everyone's come, come to this season pushing forward, run the front floor, high up the field, high tempo, on the ball, you know, doing what we like to do. So I think he's come out and a great job in just his first season, you know, short amount of time in preseason, he kind of put it all together. But I think you've seen the team grow and uh, you've seen not just us, but I think him as well grow in terms of how we want to play this year. All right, can we take it back to Jaleel for just one second? Darlington, <laughs> Jaleel has just started working us, so I haven't, I don't know him that well. I feel like we, uh, we vibed already from the couple of shows that we've done together, but Man, as a football, he's, right now he's too nice. He's such a bright guy. But I know as footballers, there's a switch that goes off. How many times, or what was the worst he's ever kicked you in training? Like trying to go after the ball, maybe you get by him. Like does he, does he get nasty as a defender does? Yeah, Tell the truth. He said, Tell yeah. the truth. <laughs> Tell the truth. Speak the truth. Talk your talk, bro. <laughs> Honestly, man, never with me, you know, but. You know, one thing I love about Ja, hey, he's going he's gonna to play till the end. So I think we saw that in training all the time, the games that he came in and did his thing. So I think Ja always plays to the end, but never never too many, too many tackles. You know, I'll say one thing I'll say, he loves when he blocks a shot, you hear him. He loves, he gets up like his quarter <laughs> pole. You hear him. <laughs> oh, all right, so it's like that. <laughs> Yo, but I'm going to throw it right back at you. <laughs> now being the captain of the team, you've always been a leader wherever you, you, you've, you've gone. You know, you guys, don't let this smile fool you, you mm -hmm. know. And don't let Darlington's <laughs> his calm demeanor fool you. In the locker room, he a different guy. He loves, to, he loves to clown around. He loves to joke. Talk to us about Talk to us about that. Where where does that where does the swag come from and what is your leadership qualities that you like to infuse in some of the younger guys because you're always willing to put your arm around guys that either need help or need guidance? I don't know where that video is from. I forgot what we were doing that day. <laughs> <laughs> I can't 
remember. Yeah, as soon as uh, Josh right, you know, once we come in the locker room, that's when, man, I'm all I'm all jokes. You know, I like to have a good time. I like to have fun. Uh, you know, make fun of the guys. You know, I'm always the loudest laughing if I don't say something, just to make sure, you know, everyone can hear me. But, uh, no, I don't know. I just like making people feel comfortable, especially the young guys. I was a young player at once, you know, Jaw as well. So, for me, I think coming to the locker room, guys have a certain respect for you. And I think if you can show that you're just one of them, you know, uh, listen to them as well. And not just give them information, but taking the information that they give you. I think you just make more guys comfortable and the better the locker room, the better the chemistry. And I think it all translates onto the field. Darlington, I want to ask about coming off uh, a big win against Orlando in what is a very hostile environment. You guys are about to enter another very hostile environment at TQL Stadium. How much confidence is the team playing with right now, knowing that you can get kind of those big results uh, away from home, especially against uh, arguably your biggest rival? No, I think a lot of confidence. I think the way we ended the season, we had some tough uh, away games, which I thought we went to and performed well. You know, I think the only slip up we had the last couple couple games when we went away to Atlanta in the playoffs. Uh, but even that performance wasn't bad. We just gave up some late goals at the end. So I think the way the season ended, the tough you know opponents we had away, and then uh, you know going away at Atlanta and, and that way out away at Orlando, I think uh, set us up for uh, another good game uh, away in Cincinnati. Yeah, Nags, last one on our way out. Um, you talk mm-hmm. about how important the collective is. Um, you know, there are, are key performers that jump off the page. You could talk about Cucho. You could talk about, you know, uh, your, your Patrick Schultes, who's, who've been balling out. But what I want to know are who are the unsung heroes this season that have really sown the seeds of your guys' success you got your floor is all yours. Who do you want to really give flowers to that typically don't get talked about as much? Uh, I think it's talk about, talk about quite a bit. You know, my partner, I would say in the midfield, Aiden Morris, you know, I thought he's his first full season come in, done a great job. You know, I think someone like Mo Farsi, uh, you know, he's played a lot of games for us, man. His, his electricity that he brings into the team when he steps in there, you know, he's up and down the field, creating chances, creating goals for us. So he's done a great job of that. Uh, Steven Morera, man, I think that guy, I don't know what he can do. You know, he's playing a new position this year as center back. Uh, you know, he's still getting assists, getting, getting crosses, getting up and down the field. You know, defending when he's asked to defend. Played every single game, I think, for us. Probably leads the team in minutes, if you know, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, there's some guys there that, uh, you know, I'm proud to be teammates with, you know. But I definitely like what my guy Steven Morera has been doing this season. Big ups to him. Love it. Uh, well, Darlington, it's been wonderful to, to catch up with you. Best of luck this weekend. Will you please uh, send our love to Felicia and the kiddos? I'm a big fan of your <laughs> wife and her Instagram. She keeps it so real. Definitely. We'll do. We'll do. They'll be at the game in Cincinnati, so hopefully they're safe. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much, Darlington. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break. Um, We're going to chat some U.S. women's national team when we return ahead of a couple friendlies against China. That's coming up. Welcome back to Morning Footy. The U.S. women's national team in their final camp of this season. They've got a pair of friendlies against China on tap on Saturday, 3 p.m., on TNT and then on December 5th at 8 p.m. So let's chat about uh, the roster that's been called up for this final camp of the season. This is a big opportunity for a few players who might be earning their their first cap and looking to make an impression, especially with a a new head coach uh, coming in on the horizon. For you, 
low. Um, who are some of the players that you're excited to see? We've got Jenna Nicewanger getting her first cap as well. She's the rookie of the year. How excited are you to see her get an opportunity? I'm absolutely excited for her. This camp in general is a lot of firsts, right? It's Emma Hayes' first true roster that sure. she's kind of gone through. Um, you have Corbin Albert, like, of PSG, which is came out of nowhere. But when you play overseas and you have a coach that's coming from overseas, you're going to get players like that. But for me, you know, Jane Campbell and Abby Dahlkemper getting called back in after being gone for so long. Jane earned that call up, right? Mm -hmm. She got goalkeeper of the year. Unreal. Abby Dahlkemper coming back from one of the craziest injuries. She broke ever. her back. Like, and like, it's crazy. It's nuts. Yes. And is back and in the lineup and could potentially be a leader. You know, she's been through almost everything, every international competition. So that's going to be huge. But back to the Young Bucks. Jenna Nicewanger getting Defender of the Year. You guys know she was a midfielder, mm -hmm. converted outside back, and I don't know if you guys saw the roster there. She's actually invited in as a midfielder. Hmm. So Crystal Dunn might be a little salty on that one, right? A little switcheroo, but I think she's a very creative player. You know, she got assists, just won the final as well. So I'm excited to see how she does in this you know, international camp. They're playing China. China's not at their best right now. They're having a coach situation as well. But I think Jenna will be huge. That'll be fun if she does well. But somebody else that I really want to concentrate on is Jaden Shaw. Mm -hmm. Jaden Shaw, to me, if I feel like in the women's game, we don't have, you know, that true number 10 role. But if we did, that is who she is as a player. The calmness, the confidence, the vision, vision she has as a number 10 is unreal. At her age is unreal. So when you can, can connect with forwards like Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, they're going to be deadly. And under Emma Hayes, if you saw any of the reactions from the players, they just met Emma Hayes and they were buying into her immediately. So I don't know what she said in the locker room or to the players, but they every response is, we're excited, let's go. Maybe they just needed to see her face-to-face. -face. She won't be on the sidelines for mm -hmm. these games, but just to see her and to see how positive the, girl, the women reacted, I'm hyped to see where they go. I mean... Yo, Emma, what's up? Call me, call me up, girls. You watch the show. Uh -huh. Call me in, Mama. Uh huh. Uh huh. But uh -huh. no, this everybody should be excited about these games and under the new direction of Emma Hayes. Yeah, I think uh, this is, an, like we said, like this is an opportunity for some of these young players. And it's interesting because, you know, like players like Alex Morgan, you know, it's, I, 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 you can't really look too deeply into it because it's like, we know, we know what a Crystal Dunn is going to bring. Mm -hmm. We know what an Alex Morgan looks like playing for the national team. But this is like a showcase. This is, and Emma Hayes, this is going to give her a, a, a much better understanding and idea of what she's working with and getting to know these players because I feel like that's going to be that's that's so important especially with her being overseas yes a hundred percent and two for the more seasoned players we'll say seasoned. they probably want a break you know for me as a player when it hits the end of the season I want a break I haven't been in and out of these camps so I don't mm -hmm. know what they all entail but Alex Morgan Becky Sauerbrunn Andy Sullivan maybe maybe they just need a break after a very exhausting season right there at the World Cup as well. So maybe they just need a little break. But bringing in young players, again, camp is different. You have confidence in your club team. But when you come to camp at the international level with the best of players in your country, it's stressful. And I think Emma's like, 
these games may not matter, so let's see what they can provide. Yeah. I want to give a shout-out to Mitch Purse. Uh, she's she's after, after the World Cup snub and the way that she's been mm-hmm. able to rise through adversity and be the MVP in the NWSL final, this is a moment to prove to Emma Hayes. She belongs. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here, and I'm here through the next cycle because logically you would think this is Midge's World Cup cycle, right, to prove that she has to play on this, on this national team. Um, so this, this is her moment. She's having a moment, and, and hopefully that continues, and she rides this wave, and Emma Hayes sees that. So although the, I, I, I guess you can call Midge seasoned. She's, she's been here before, but not like the legends of, yeah. of the national team. The, the, hopefully she, she continues to, to, to prove herself and, and show her value through through the next couple of windows. Yeah, and, and if you haven't checked out the episode of Kicking It with Midge Purse, you can stream that right now on Paramount+. Plus. It's a really great conversation with her. And uh, Jaleel, you hit on the professionalism of Ricardo Pepe, you know, mm-hmm. kind of going through, like navigating those ups and downs. I feel like Midge Purse embodies that as well. Um, and you get that through that conversation. So Absolutely. Check that out. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, We've got plenty more to come on Morning Footy when we return after a quick timeout. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back. Here's a look at your Thursday footy fix. We have Europa League action. Atalanta taking on Sporting at 12.45 p.m. Watch that right here on the Galazzo Network. Marseille versus Ajax. Liverpool taking on last. You can watch those matches on Paramount+. And in Conference League, we've got Aston Villa facing Warsaw 3 p.m. on the Galazzo Network. All right, let's get some final thoughts, predictions on a few of these matches. Let's start with that uh, Marseille-Ajax match, Nico. How's it going to go? Marseille with a win, books a spot into the next round of the Europa League. Marseille wins. Jeez. I didn't know we were on the same page so well today. I know. Uh, 100%, but we did say it earlier too. Marseille, for sure. I think, I mean, there's going to be, again, I think I called it on Man U yesterday, but I'll call it again. I think there might be a lot of goals in this game, but for sure, Marseille. Mm Mm-hmm. Mixing up the pot, 2-1 Ajax. Ooh. I'm going to score on top. No, double down. For me, this is kind of, it's like, which team do you trust more? And I'm like, I don't trust either of them. You know? Like, I don't know. I trust no one. Don't let Sue's bet. Don't let Jaleel. Even Jaleel knows this is terrible. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll say, I'll go with Marseille just because I guess I trust them a little bit more than Ajax. Liverpool taking on. Last, I'm a little nervous about this one. Allison uh, is suffering that hamstring injury, and I always just feel so much better when he is in goal, so they're going to be without him. Um, but I still think Liverpool get this done. If they avoid yeah. defeat, they're through. Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool, for sure. I think last going to be trying to score a goal as well, so they have plenty of opportunities to counter Liverpool with this one. I choose not to walk alone. Unanimous <gasps> death. Uh, when you walk. Is this a first? At Anfield? Was, well, Stone. for me, at least. <laughs> Hold your head and up high. And I'll leave you with that. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> Julia. Thanks so much for joining us. Guys, have a fantastic Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow.